Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest talk. This is going to be on spend tumors. Um, it's an unusual topic, but we are seeing more and more spend tumors. I think articles now say that the frequency has increased by a factor of four over the last several decades. And I've shown a lot of these in conference, and I'm really impressed by the variability in appearance. So let's look at spend tumors, and this will be a one or two parter, because what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you a lot of cases. I'm going to share with you our experience. So you're going to see a lot of cases. So you'll be able to recognize them when you see them. When you think about spend tumors, they're typically in the pediatric population. When you think about pediatric tumors in the pancreas, you think about pancreaticoblastoma. It's very rare. Patients are under 10 years of age. There's a thing called islet cell adenomatosis. There's occasionally islet cell tumors in general. There's pseudocysts and trucysts. There's cystic neoplasms and there's metastasis to the pancreas. The latter two are indeed very rare. In this article a few years ago by Narendra, they make the point that pancreatic masses in the pediatric population are rare, but you need to have a number of considerations, like I mentioned before. Spend tumors and pancreaticoblastomas, again, different age peaks, but they're more in the pediatric population. And I mentioned several of the other ones, including things like metastasis, need to be considered. Now, pediatric neoplasms can be divided into epithelial and non-epithelial types. Most pancreatic neoplasms are epithelial lesions, which can be further subdivided into exocrine and endocrine subtypes. Non-epithelial lesions include benign entities such as lymphatic malformations, malignant tumors such as lymphoma, and intermediate lesions including inflammatory myoblastic tumors. Of course, that's exceedingly rare. In this article by Ahmed, pancreatic tumors are uncommon in children, SPEN is the most common tumor, and is seen predominantly in teenage girls and shows characteristic imaging findings. And we'll speak more about that, but if you look at the article, you can see there are a range of different rare tumors. But in general, pancreatic tumors are rare, and anything beyond SPEN is particularly rare. Pancreaticoblastoma is reported to be the most common pancreatic neoplasm in young children. Again, these tumors are large, they're aggressive, but it's typically the first decade of life. It's usually sporadic, but occasionally has been described in patients with Beckwith-Wiedemann syndrome, but again, it's a very uncommon tumor. Pancreaticoblastoma, usually well-marginated lobular lesion with heterogeneous and septal enhancement. The tumors are often very large, they can be calcified, and when you do get metastasis commonly to liver, they're typically hypodense lesions. I think, again, the biggest issue with pancreatoblastoma, they're very large, at times can be confused with neuroblastoma, but again, younger patients, so really not going to be a typical issue. Again, this mention about islet cell tumors, functioning and non-functioning, again, can occur. You can see insulinomas, gastrinomas, VIPomas, all of the things you can see in adult patients. But again, they're uncommon in adult patients, but very uncommon in the pediatric population. I've also showed you cases of lymphomatous involvement of the pancreas, either as something that simulates a pancreatic mass 
with multi-organ involvement. But again, those typically are older patients. In pediatric patients, when you do see lymphoma, um, again, large cell lymphoma and Burkitt's are most commonly to involve the pancreas in children. But again, it's a very uncommon finding. Now, solid pseudopapillary tumors, also known as SPEN tumors or France tumors, account for about 2 to 3% of all pancreatic neoplasms and about 6% of exocrine pancreatic tumors. Now, the thing about these tumors that's unique, it's much more common in women, particularly second and third decade of life. Female to male ratio is literally probably close to 10 to 1. It's rare to see it in males. Although these tumors have been described as more common in patients of African and Asian ancestry, that really is not always going to be the case. Patients typically present with abdominal pain. Uh, again, the tumors will vary in size. I'm going to show you a lot of cases. Some are large, like 10 centimeters, and some are small, one or two centimeters. People have said, that sometimes articles mention that it's in the head most commonly, though other articles mention it's the tail most commonly. It's rare to see metastasis, surely a presentation, and greater than 90% of patients will have resection and indeed will do very, very well. The CT manifestations of spend tumors, heterogeneous mass with clearly defined margins, you can see necrosis, you can see hemorrhage, calcifications in about a third of cases are very common. And again, when I do see a pancreatic mass with calcification and it looks malignant, I will think about neuroendocrine tumors, but typically they're vascular. And I'll also speak about spend tumors. Peripheral enhancement of the capsule has been described, though enhancement characteristics have not been consistent in the literature, which means basically there are many different appearances. Now let's go through some more facts. Demographics, usually teens to late 20s. Usually it's female, but again, the range is large. And many of the cases I'll show you here are patients in their 30s and 40s and 50s. Again, mostly women. Symptoms, typically vague abdominal pain. Up to 10% of so of cases are going to be malignant. And long-term follow-up uh, with surgery is very good with survival at better than 95%. Now, the range of tumor sizes we'll look at, but 5CM is the classic. Cystic and solid masses with capsule, very common. We mentioned calcification, but again, some of the masses are very homogeneous, very well-defined, and almost look extra pancreatic. This article by Leonair from a couple years ago made the point the correct diagnosis of these tumors is of utmost importance since it has low malignant potential and with appropriate treatment, patients will have a long life. So it's very important to recognize these tumors and to consider them in the differential diagnosis. So when I think about spent tumors, where does this sit in differential diagnosis? Well, it can look like a serous cystadenoma or look like a mucinous cystic neoplasm. Occasionally it can look like an IPMN or other cystic tumors like a neuroendocrine tumor. Here are some examples. Here's a spin, which is large, but it's cystic and solid. I guess the cystic component is the dominant component, but you do see septations and a solid mass. 
Here's another example, a mass in the body-tail junction. It's solid but lower density, but it's very well defined. You do not see evidence of dilated pancreatic duct. Here's a few more looks at that tumor. Again, the homogeneous solid nature. What else could I think about? I could think about neuroendocrine tumor. I wouldn't think about adenocarcinoma. In the right history, you could think about metastasis. Doesn't really look like lymphoma. You know, again, it's kind of a difficult case to figure out what the answer is. If this is a younger patient, then that'll help you. But if the patient's 50, you can see why you run into problems. You would consider MCN as well, though MCN is typically more cystic and not so homogeneous. So you don't have a very big differential group. Or in this case, there's a lesion projected off the tail of the pancreas. You can see it very nicely. Actually, the biggest challenge here is this pancreas or is it extra pancreatic? Maybe it's a gastric spend tumor. At times, it can be confusing. But this was coming directly off the tail of the pancreas. Fairly homogeneous, lower attenuation. You can see the uh, claw related to the uh, distal pancreas. But this is another example of a spend tumor. Here's just a few more images. Now you can see in this case, as you go from arterial to venous, there's more septation seen in the venous phase. There's more of a solid component also seen, which is not uncommon. I mentioned they can be small. Here's a lesion, just like the last one in the tail of the pancreas, except this one is only 1.5 centimeters in size. So again, you got to think about the spread of tumors. This could be a number of things. It doesn't look aggressive. It's not enhancing. Here it is in the cinematic rendering, but just to give you a feel of how the spends can look. Now, again, let's look at the larger ones. You can see this mass, again, is it coming from the stomach? You could think about that. Could it come from the adrenal? Could it come from the retroperitoneum? Sometimes that can be a challenge. When you look at all the images, it's a pancreatic mass. This could be a neuroendocrine tumor. Could it be a funny cirrhosis adenoma that's not so cystic? I guess that's a thought. But sometimes when you go from arterial to venous, on the venous, you see more of the components of the lesion. And you can see that very much true also when I give you the cinematic rendering. You can see how the cinematic shows you the lesion solid and cystic components. Perhaps you didn't appreciate that on the arterial phase imaging, particularly on the routine axial images. Now, I mentioned calcification. Here's a great case where the calcification is in the periphery of the lesion. Again, what else could this be? A pseudocyst, perhaps you might say. You might say cirrhocyst adenoma, but that's not where the calcifications are. It would be strange for a neuroendocrine tumor. It's just strange peripheral calcifications, maybe an old pseudocyst. But that spotty calcifications, the irregularity, is one of the appearances of a spent tumor. Here's another case. Again, a large lesion, cystic and solid peripheral calcifications, as well as central calcifications, are all nicely seen. Here's another example. Central calcification, something you typically think about when you have cirrhocyst adenomas, but here it is on a spend tumor. Or in this case, cystic lesion, tail of pancreas, irregular calcifications. I would surely think about a neuroendocrine tumor. They're usually they're more vascular, but not necessarily. This was a spend tumor. 
cystic lesion calcification. This one you could think about chronic pancreatitis as well. So it's not always going to be the easiest of diagnosis. Perhaps if I said the patient was 15 years of age, this patient wasn't. But if it was, it would make the diagnosis a lot easier. But you can see here as I go through the uh, cinematic renderings, as well as the classic volume renderings, the appearance where the calcification is really making me think about a cystic neuroendocrine tumor or some other complex cystic lesion. But this was a spend tumor, not the most typical spend tumors, but definitely in the ballpark for that differential diagnosis. And you can see I'm showing you lots of different images to help you reach the right diagnosis. And here it is showing that the vessels are intact. There's no vascular invasion. Patient gets a distal pancreatectomy, in this case with a splenectomy, and will do fine. And here's just a few more images showing you that. Now, in terms of things like cinematic rendering, I do like them in cystic masses because sometimes cystic masses on the axial views, particularly arterial, seem very cystic. It doesn't look like there's a solid component. With cinematic rendering, you get a better look at both the cystic and solid components because it gives you a better feel of texture. Another case, large cystic lesion, peripheral enhancement, peripheral calcification. Again, a spend tumor is a great diagnosis. The lesion cystic and solid, it's large, probably eight centimeters. Again, you can think about a neuroendocrine tumor. It's not adenocarcinoma. You can think about a cyst adenoma, but the calcifications and the appearance really don't look like that. There's too much soft tissue component. Could this be metastasis, I guess? You could think about that, but large cystic lesion septations and calcifications, you got to be considering spend tumor. And here's just one more example showing you that same image. Again, pushing on the stomach. It's not a uh, gist tumor. But again, the range of appearances to me is indeed very impressive. And here it is again on the venous phase imaging. So when you see calcifications in a lesion, whether they're central or they're peripheral, you got to think about a spend tumor. Particularly the peripheral calcifications really are something you need to think about. Again, as I mentioned, MCNs can have peripheral calcification. Neuroendocrine tumors can have a range of calcifications. Serocystetinomas, often stellate calcifications. But again, you got to be considering spend tumors. Here it is, you can see, in this case, obstructing the splenic vein with lots of collaterals, narrowing portal vein and SMV. It's rare to see vascular involvement with spend tumors, but it does occur. Again, a few more images. So you can see that as we look and I show you these lesions, and I showed you one almost identical a few moments ago, peripheral calcifications, you got to be thinking about spend tumors. Again, solid and cystic, you got to be thinking about spend tumors. Size ranges will vary, and people don't think about them being so large, but the answer is they can be. And you got to think about that again. So I'm just going through the images. One thing very nice on MIP imaging, because you see the entire lesion, and since in this tumor, the entire rim is partially calcified. You see the calcifications particularly well 
when you go to the uh, MIP imaging, which you can see here. So again, it's very important to really recognize that. Now, going back to this article by, uh, by Leon Nair, the importance of recognizing when you see vascular involvement to look for that because about 90 plus percent of tumors will not have vascular involvement, but it can happen. And the last case was a good example. Now, I showed you a case like this before about how the lesions can be very small, well-defined, can look like maybe a neuroendocrine tumor, can look like an IPMN, can look like an MCN. Very much challenging. And so I'm showing you these cases to really let you think and think about those possibilities, which indeed you can see here, solid and cystic. Again, just a really good definition. Now, another example, I showed you those last two cases twice because I wanted to show you this case. Cystic and solid large mass younger patient. You could think about some cystic neuroendocrine tumor. This case gives a good example of solid and cystic components. Very large mass, you surely would worry about neoplasm as in malignancy. This ended up being a spent tumor. We did consider a serous cyst adenoma, most everything else was kind of hard to imagine. I guess we thought about a neuroendocrine tumor in general just because of the size and cystic and solid, but it's not very vascular. The vessels are stretched more like a serous cyst adenoma. With neuroendocrine tumors, vessels tend to get encased. It's also a good example showing you how in spent tumors, the vessels can be stretched out. It also shows you something I've showed several times that with spent tumors, the cystic components are often better seen in the venous phase, and often more of the definite solid components. Also, the difference between the cystic and solid components are seen better on the later phase images. And here's just a few more images in that specific case. In this case, we also had vessel compression, though this tumor was easily resected by the surgeons without most difficulty. Here's again the uh, cinematic rendering of that same patient, the difference in density, the cystic components, the solid components, the stretching of the vessels, like you might expect with serous adenoma, but no invasion of those arterial structures. Nicely you see the celiac and SMA and GDA, and everything is intact. So again, 12.5 centimeters spin, which looked very much like a serous adenoma. Here's another example, and I'll stop with this case um, and then take a break, but you see the lesion coming off the body of the pancreas near body-tail junction. It's very well-defined. It's homogeneous. This was a 22-year-old, so we said a spent tumor, but otherwise it's hard. It's a solid mass. Could it be a funny neuroendocrine? Neuroendocrine tumors are not always vascular, but it's so hypovascular. It's not an adenocarcinoma. Could it be a serous tumor? Can it be an atypical MCN? Those are all possibilities. But it is going to be a challenge. And no matter how many views I give you, it's a tough call. So let's do this. Let's stop right there. And then let's take up with this patient with right upper quadrant pain because I want to speak a little bit about the presentation of spent tumors and give you some other thoughts as we look at this most interesting tumor. Be right back.
If you like this video, make sure to subscribe to the CTSS YouTube channel. You can also visit us at ctss.com for even more videos, plus quizzes, pearls, protocols, and oh so much more. We're also in the App Store and have well over a dozen apps for iPhone and iPad, all completely free. Thanks for watching.